Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The boss said she died in her sleep, although it was by unknown means. She was a mute. Apparently, some accident had taken her voice a few years back. She had died all alone in the upstairs master bedroom. A poor woman. Although, rumor had it she had made quite an enormous fortune. One of those classic old and rich widows. Needless to say, I bet her family was happily sad she was dead, and their inheritance was heading their way. We were movers, my partner and I. The boss had sent us to move out some of the last things from her place before the family came. Apparently, they wanted her stuff put directly into storage. Everything. No exceptions. It was strange. I mean, you'd think they'd want her stuff to be untouched when they inherited the house. At least, some of her things anyway. Yet that definitely wasn't the case here. They seemed very forth on their decision. It was almost like they were repulsed with the woman's stuff. Hell, they seemed to want to get rid of it like it was the plague. Regardless, we just wanted to get to the house and begin moving that crap immediately. Day one. We figured this would be a two-day project. It was a very large house, and she had furniture up the ass. We planned on hitting the bottom floor first. Most of the furniture was there anyway. On the second floor, there were about three rooms to attack. After all the shit from the enormous first floor, we would finish up the second one tomorrow. At least, this was the initial plan. So we got in the truck and we headed over. It was a long dirt road to get to even the driveway. Kind of one of those obscure houses that you wonder why in the hell the owner would go out such lengths to hide their place. I mean, we all love privacy, I guess. Anyway, the house quickly popped up to our left and we took the driveway and came to a stop. The house was, well, it was huge. Not that we expected anything less. One of those really old houses from the 20s, barely standing on the weak foundation it has, literally loomed over us. But it wasn't menacing, just a bit intimidating. We got out and headed in, getting a greeting of creaks and groans from the porch as we stepped onto it. It looked like it was going to start raining any minute. Great, we'd have to deal with moving with that crap. Upon stepping inside, we were hit with a wall of stagnant air. I was put under a coughing spell and became the target for my partner's mockery for the time being. My partner's name was Mika which was somewhat funny considering my name was Michael. He was an odd one, but relatively easy to get along with and to work with. He was pretty content with this project, considering his love for the paranormal and that psychic stuff. 
Now I'll admit, this house definitely seemed to be like one of those haunted houses you see on those awful shows on the sci-fi channel. But it wasn't scary, so I wasn't too worried. Anyway, he said we should get out before nightfall. He was scared of some evil spirits. Or that the old lady's ghost was going to come out to haunt us. I thought he was joking, but it became obvious fairly quickly he wasn't. I humored him and said, Alright, let's get to work then. And so we started with the living room, which was immediately to our right upon walking in. It had a large couch, a rocking chair, and a few small tables. Within about an hour, we had packaged and moved out everything. Although there were still a lot of little knickknacks here and there we still had to get. We'd get those later, though. For now, we wanted to get all the big manual stuff done before the rain came pouring down outside. The kitchen was right next to the living room. No furniture, but plenty more little knickknacks to package. I sighed. I really hated that shit. It became apparent how clean the lady liked her place. There wasn't a film of dust on anything. Countertops as well as the tabletops were all spotless. Hell, you could probably eat off the damn floor. The dining room was next, the whole bottom floor wrapped around the stairs in the center of the entrance hall. While the kitchen and living room made up the right wing, the dining room was enormous, making up the entire left wing. I began planning out which part of the table I wanted to move first, when I heard something upstairs. Mika froze, chair in hand. You heard that too? I said, looking up. Silence again. Perhaps we were hearing things. And then a small thud again. Alright, let's head up. I know we're hearing something, Mika said, setting down the chair. It was very soft. Whatever was making the sound. Probably a small animal. The stairs were just as creaky as the porch. It was a symphony of wooden moans as we bolted up the stairs. There was a hall at the top. On the left there was one door, and on the right there were the other two. The sound was directly above the dining room, so we headed into the left door. It was a large master bedroom. A beautiful and framed bed sat in the center of the opposite wall. There was a large dresser to the right of the bed. A very ornate mirror hung off of its back. Mika and I walked up to it, simultaneously planning out which parts we were going to move tomorrow, as well as looking for the cause of the sound. There was no one in here, not even an animal. Well, what the hell? Mika said, turning to me bewildered. I stayed quiet and stared into the mirror. The room seemed darker somehow, Almost like it was another, more sinister room. I froze. In the corner, on the left of the bed, there was a figure. Mika? The corner, next to the bed over there, I said slowly turning to him. His eyes widened. He turned to the figure in the corner. Then they squinted. Almost immediately, his face lit up. He began laughing softly. What? I said, turning around. It's a doll. It's a mannequin, Mika replied. Finally, it hit me to turn on the light. The room seemed to jump to life. 
The thing in the corner, however, wasn't so bright. It was indeed a mannequin, about my size, six foot five. It was wearing what looked like a white mini dress, directly contrasting its gray skin. It looked fairly human. It even had long and stringy black hair going down to its shoulders. But there was one feature that ate at me. Simply the fact that it was eyeless. Large, hollow holes took the place of potential eyeballs. I cringed, approaching it to get a better look at it. The rest of the face was fairly normal, save for the semi-open mouth. It looked like it was letting out a long sigh. Alright then, well, let's get back to work. I want to get the hell out of here, Mika said. I nodded and we turned and headed back downstairs. The living room took less time than what we thought. Within another two hours, we were done with it. We went out and grabbed some large boxes from the truck, running through the now pouring rain. Alright, I'll take the living room, you take the kitchen. If we haul ass, we could just book it through the dining room together. Mika said. I nodded and headed to the kitchen. I couldn't stop thinking about that mannequin. It was morbidly fascinating. I mean, why did the old lady have it in her room? Anyway, it was getting late and we were almost done. I had an army of large boxes behind me and was just finishing up sorting and packaging up the kitchen items. The last item was a picture of the lady. She was wearing what looked almost like funeral attire. It was a depressing photo. I tossed it in the final box and walked into the dining room. You ready? Let's just finish this crap up, Mika said, laying out another box. Before we could even begin, we heard another thud. Okay, well this is getting ridiculous. I said Mika's face went very serious. Nah, I don't like this, Mike. What if it's that mannequin that's walking around? <laughs> I laughed at him. You're joking, right? Why don't you save that paranormal shit for someone else, Mika? I said, turning back to the box. There was another thud. Alright, let's go. I said, turning to the stairs. We booked it up, this time expecting something in the room. I kept trying to figure out what it could be. It's an old house, hell, it could be anything. I grabbed the master bedroom's doorknob. Ready, set, go, I said, busting open the door. Nothing, just another empty room. I mean, we thought we were making this shit up. I looked over at the mannequin. It was still there, still waiting. It looked a little different, but I didn't know why. I walked up to it again. I don't like that thing, man, Mika said, walking up behind me. I kept trying to look for differences, but nothing seemed wrong with it. It just stood there, empty and hollow. I mean, what was making the sounds? It must have been the house. It couldn't have been anything else. I stared at the doll for a little while longer, waiting for it to move. Nothing. Hell, we must have been imagining this crap. We headed downstairs and with a mission, to get the hell out of the house. I stuffed the knickknacks in the boxes as fast as I could. I didn't even know what was going on, but I didn't really want to stay. Within about 30 minutes, we had the bottom floor emptied. 
Come on, Michael, let's get the hell out of here, Mika said, heading to the door. We loaded the boxes onto the truck, and I headed back to the house to lock up. The door only had an inch left as I closed it before I heard a crash come from upstairs. I froze. The mannequin was the first thing I thought about. I waited for something else. I really just wanted to go, though. Mike, what's up? Mika called out, already in the truck. It was pitch black up there. Night had already begun falling. I turned to him. Nothing, I'm coming, I said, closing the door. I was ready to go home. Day two. I met up with Mika at work. He looked at me with a glum expression. We were both dreading today. That mannequin. I was kind of nervous of working next to that thing, and so was Mika. We got in the truck and made a silent voyage to the house. Mika grabbed all the big boxes we had, his head completely invisible behind them. Let's just get in and get out, he said. I laughed, but I couldn't agree with him more. We got in and walked straight up the stairs. We both seemed to silently agree to save the mannequin's room for last. In and out, no wasting time. I sighed and braced myself for a quick job. We both split to the two rooms on the right and got to work. There was no furniture in my room, and coincidentally, there was none in Mika's room. This obviously greatly pleased us as we stuffed the pictures on the walls and the boxes, and in about ten minutes, the rooms were done. We put the boxes away in the truck and braced ourselves for the final room. This one had furniture. Let's just grab the bed and dress her first. Hell, why don't we just leave the mannequin here? Mika said, semi-serious. Nah, we can't do that. We need to grab that too. The lady, hell, the boss, too, was clear we needed to grab everything. I replied, although I wish I didn't have to say such a thing. Mika was silent as we headed up the stairs, and again, we heard another thud from the room. That's it. This place is messed up, Mika said behind me. Let's just go in and dismantle the bed, take the pieces down, and then grab the dresser, the knickknacks, uh, then the mannequin. Quick and easy. I replied. I turned the knob and opened the door, and I froze. Oh my god, Mika said, backing away. The mannequin was in front of the window. Had it moved? Someone must be fucking with us, I said, trying to force a fake laugh. What? Who the hell else has come in here but us? Mika said, visibly agitated. I suppose I couldn't blame him. Look, let's just get to work. Ignore the thing, I said. I wanted to finish this shit and get out immediately. Mika was silent. Fine, he murmured. Ten minutes, the bed was dismantled and halfway in the truck. Another ten minutes, it was all in the truck. The dresser was next, but that fucking thing was heavy. But we got it down. It was nice and easy work when we ignored that damn mannequin. Alright, let's get the rest, Mika said, heading in with a box. I stopped and looked at the house. The mannequin was technically its last keeper. I'd like to burn the thing. Hell, maybe I would. The family wouldn't miss it. 
I laughed only to be cut off by a sharp scream. What? I said running to the door. Mika had almost ran into me, bolting out of the door. It moved again. Hell man, I'm done in there. I'm done. Mika said he was practically in hysterics. He must have been joking. What? What in the hell are you talking about? He turned to me. His face beat red. It looked genuinely frightened. It fucking moved. It was in front of the door this time. I'm done, man. I'm completely done. I'm not going back in there with that thing, he said, panting. Now, surely he was kidding. I walked back to the front door. The walk up the stairs was the longest walk of my life. Mika sat in the front yard. He was genuinely serious. I reached the door. The mannequin was back by the window again. Mika, are you kidding me? This shit's gone way too far, I yelled. But now I was angry. I mean, to hell with the suspense shit. I headed in the room and stopped halfway, and I heard something again, this time directly from the mannequin's direction. Now my heart almost stopped. The mannequin began turning towards me. No way, I said, stumbling back and falling down. It turned and looked straight at me, cocking its head, almost giving me a curious expression with those empty eyes. This isn't real, I said, struggling to get up. The door seemed a million miles away. Its joints were squeaking as it began to struggle to take a step towards me. Before it landed its first step towards me, its arm fell, making a sharp thud on the floor. I couldn't speak anymore. This was unreal. Mike? Mike, what is it? Is it still there? Mika said, getting to his feet. It leaned over, trying to pick up its arm, and I jumped as it lost its balance and fell forward. It was only a foot away from me now. I couldn't run, I couldn't move. It smiled a strange grin at me and reattached its arm, reaching towards my feet. I could hear strange, soft crying sounds coming from its mouth. Did it have vocal cords? I began taking a few steps back. It stopped for a moment, but then it lunged. I yelled as it grabbed my waist and began trying to climb me, essentially. I was hysterical now. I couldn't believe this was happening. Mika ran in to see me struggling with the doll. He kicked it off me. Its body broke into pieces as it shot down the hall, limbs bouncing everywhere. We booked it. I ran almost falling down the stairs to get to the door. Mika was already halfway to the truck, and I turned around to see it at the top of the stairs. I froze again, just something about it paralyzing me. It had already reattached all of its limbs and began trying to descend the stairs, and it still had that goddamn smile on its face. But the eyes... The eyes instilled the fear in me that I had never felt. Mike? Mike? Let's go! Mika yelled from the truck. I couldn't move. My fear held me solid. My feet somewhat staggered backwards, but the doll seemed to be getting down the stairs quicker than I could imagine. 
It was unreal how it hobbled and staggered down the steps. And it locked eyes with me the whole time, waiting to get close enough to... Well, I could imagine what it was going to do to me. And then I heard Mika scream, Mike, goddammit, run. It finally made it to the bottom of the step, smiling a wider smile just for me. The hollow eyes beckoned me into them, like they would consume me. And suddenly, it lunged at me again. This time, I was prepared. It leaped at me and I leaped back, grabbing the door and, well, attempting to slam it in the doll's face. It only made it about halfway. Half of its arm made it out the door and grabbed my face. I felt an incredibly horrible pain in my right eye as I pulled the hand off me. And just then, Mika made it to the porch and swung one of our axes straight into the thing's face. I fell back as the doll collapsed into pieces. Come on, Mike said, helping me up. We booked it to the truck. My hand against my face, blood was everywhere. I was still unsure about the extent of my injury. Mika started the truck, and in a flash, we were already flying down the road to get out of there. It tore my eye out. It literally tore my eye straight out of its socket. I didn't realize the horror of the situation until we made it to the hospital. The doctors, as well as my boss, were obviously desperate to know what the hell had happened. Mika and I, well, we didn't know what to say. Hell, I mean, what could we say? What would they believe? We ended up telling them that I lost control of one of the tools. None of them visibly believed me, but I didn't care. There was no way in hell I was going to tell them that a doll did it. The week passed, the boss ended up sending another pair of movers to the place. They finished up my job, but they found something pretty messed up. My boss called me today and asked me what the hell happened over there. He was audibly angry. Apparently, he thought someone was having a fucked up joke. When I asked him what the hell he was talking about, he said they found a bloody mannequin in the upstairs master bedroom. It had an axe lodged into its head. I almost dropped the damn phone. I mean, surely he wasn't serious. He said that wasn't all. Michael, he said there was a human eye in one of its eye sockets. A decaying human eye. <laughs>